Hey, babes. It's Dean breaking into the front of this bad boy. Why am I doing that? Well, because you're about to listen to a recording for the Paper Hearts episode. And this was recorded a long time ago, actually. Um, I was listening. I had a little intro on it that I cut out, which was talking about how Josh and I were actually going on hiatus. And I totally forgot we even did that until I was listening to this. But uh, instead of keeping it in there for posterity, I cut it because I don't want to confuse anybody any more than they need to be confused. So that brings us to what we're doing right now, which is giving you a previously recorded episode on Paper Hearts. So please enjoy Tom Noonan's performance. This is a great episode, a fantastic episode. And do me a big fat favor. Make sure you don't uh, take any programming notes uh, (laughs) as gospel. They're most likely completely not true. And by programming notes, I mean if we talk about what we're covering next or what we're going to be covering or what we're up to or not up to, none of that is relevant. All of that has been changed, which is why I do my cute little intro at the front of this thing. I also do it because I love listening to myself talk. That's why I'm a podcaster. So there you have it. All right. Let me shut my goddamn trap and step aside so you guys can listen to Paper Hearts. LSG Media is proud to bring you the X-Files podcast with hosts Josh and Dean. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited to be joining you today. I'm Dean, and joining me is Josh. Hello. Hey, today we are going to be covering Paper Heart, Season 4, Episode 10, and I am excited to talk about this episode. You picked this one, didn't you, Josh? I did. I was up. Um, If you haven't, if you don't know, we have been picking back and forth. It was my pick I picked this episode, and um, it is a one of my uh, one of my top personal favorites. Nice. What I love about it, obviously, um, Tom Noonan is unbelievably good. He's the man. The what I like, especially some of the other episodes we've covered, Beyond the Sea. You know, mm-hmm. the really dark, twisted side of human nature, but doing it in in such a different way. The the casual psychopathy of Tom Noonan. It's awesome. Is is so. It's so disturbing. Um, I like that, obviously, him, the character, the whole story. And I really like that this is, this takes, it, if you had to classify it, I'd call it a Monster of the Week episode. But it really plays on the show's mythology, too. It does. And it makes a nice little kind of feint at reversing a huge part of that mythology. Um, in general, I overall, Scully's my favorite character now. But I really like Mulder in this one. Obviously, this is a Mulder episode. It sure is. And I like to see how he gets pushed in this one. I like your style, kid. So I was excited to watch this movie. I hadn't seen it and uh, this movie, to watch this episode. And I hadn't seen it in a while. Now, before we jump into this, before we go through the scenes on this one, I have a very serious question for you. <clears throat> Please. Are you a Duchess fan or a princess fan as it relates to uh, the old sucker uppers because <laughs> I know that I, uh, what's his name here John Lee Roche sold uh, sold either the duchess or the princess yeah so female royalty is our is what vacuums go for mm. so um, maybe duchess I would ma- I would I would venture to say the duchess I would venture to say the princess probably has a better motor it's probably a little more 
eager in its <laughs> sucker upperness. Actually, I, I don't, I think the Duchess. You think so? Because yeah. she's a little, but she's kind of a pro. <laughs> Been around. The Duchess, princess. The Duchess is the staple. The princess doesn't have to work as hard for it. The princess is used to just kind of going through the motions. There's sure. not a lot of dirt on those floors. That's it's just true. Just kind of get run. That's true. Back and forth. It's a good point. Um, the the Duchess. The Duchess is uh, has been around. Mm-hmm. Has been around. The princess maybe too. Not as much as the Duchess though. Yeah. You want to. You want to really get down to bare material. You need to go for a countess. Right. I think so. I mean, if you want the best of the Duchess or the Princess model, yes. upgrading to the Countess may be the way to go. Marquess? <laughs> it never it. stops. Yeah, got, got more. Queen? God damn. How much is a Queen model? Yeah, they, don't, they don't make them. They don't make them anymore. No. Yeah. Well, so we got Mulder having a little trippy dream, laser pointers leading him around. And um, follow, it reads, in Mad Hat. It takes him to this Bosher's Run Park. Music kind of gets real ugly uh, when he walks out there and he finds a dead little girl she that just, the earth swallows. That is creepy. Yes, it is. She's laying there rather peacefully. I know that's something, sleeping. something a serial killer might say. <laughs> but And then suddenly the earth, sort of like Fangorn Forest, just swallows her into nothingness. Yep. Mm. And in general, I don't, not a huge fan of dream stuff, but I like it here. And we'll talk about it as we get to sure. the discussion. I, I feel similar actually. But so Mulder wakes up, he goes to the physical spot from his dream. We get the cut the next morning where he has, he's called out a forensics team. So he has his dream. He wakes up, he makes a phone call and Scully's like, I'm going to probably go out there and see what's going on with Mulder. Cause that's what she does. And uh, somebody has to. Everyone is astonished when they discover human remains. Except for Mulder. Except for Mulder. Because he's telling Scully, when she's asking, what the hell are we doing here? Oh, I had a dream. And she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, did you, did you say you had a dream? And now um, you have a forensic team yeah. sifting dirt in the woods. How much is this costing us? <laughs> Taxpayer money right here. Taxpayer money spent on dreams. But boom, we got a skull. We got a skull and uh, we get our opening credits. And then it comes back to Mulder telling Scully he had this dream three nights in a row, which is cool. I like that. You know, this is a choice I like. We don't need to see the dream three times. We see it once and then he backtracks to say three times. And as the viewer, you go, shit, he's seen this three times. No wonder he can't get it out of his head. No wonder he calls in a forensic team. It starts to make a little more sense at that point because that's Mulder. He gets this idea. He can't shake it. He becomes obsessive and that's that. And then <laughs> this is once again, Mulder procedurally is an outstanding FBI agent, right? Mm-hmm. Really goes by the book. Um, <clears throat> so conducting a forensic investigation, which is probably why you brought him out there, right? If you just wanted to dig in the ground, maybe just go out with a shovel. Mm-hmm. You call the forensic team. Yes. They're going to do it right. Mulder just gets impatient <clears throat> and just starts digging with his hands. Right. In this carefully like conducted crime scene investigation. If I'm the forensics, like like field supervisor, I go pack it up. We're leaving. Pack it up. We're fucking out of here. <laughs> Fuck this crazy guy. <laughs> and it's it's very Mulder. It is. And they're Mulder. all like, "What are you doing?" Right. Forensic team Scully, and but then he starts recounting the details. And even Scully, Scully's like, "You're you're going to destroy evidence here. We're Let's not, let we're the not pros how, handle it." Right. Yep. We're not going to know what how how this person died. Or anything. And then he starts. I need to see the chest area, I believe was his words. Yep. Which I've said before. 
<laughs> and he says, you know, I know how she was killed. Eight gauge electrical cord, Yeesh. strangulation. The you know, girl between ten and thirteen. She is going to be missing a heart shaped uh, piece of cloth from post mortem too. Yes, post mortem trophy. She he knows all this, and she's like, "Is this all from your dream? Like, how did you?" Right. As he gets down to it, reveals it, and he says, "No, it's from his memory." And then he starts to talk, talk a little bit about John Lee Roche. Yep. Killed 13 girls, and now this makes 14. We would see this heart-shaped thing missing from the clothing, and we never actually found them, did we? Right? That's the thing. That the killer's MO is he killed young girls. 13, he thought. Now they're finding a 14th one, and he's like, whoa. Because they never, it was, called, it was dubbed the Paper Hearts case by like the press yep. that you know, talked about the serial killer. Um, because of the trophy that was taken. But the thing that bothered Mulder the most was despite a lock-solid case, quick conviction, life, no possibility of parole, they never found the hearts. So he was he was never able to absolutely confirm that there were 13 victims. That's right. He assumed that they the, the the it started in 79, the murders. That's what they or that's what they came to the conclusion of. He was a vacuum cleaner salesman, we think, that operated in the Northeast. And then, of course, Mulder's profile of the man led to his capture. And um, yeah, Roche admitted to the murders. At that point, they didn't need the trophies for the conviction. Yes, Scully starts talking about how how this came to play. Yep, that you solved it in your sleep. To say that on its own sounds silly shit, mm-hmm. but the way she talks about it. Yes. It actually kind of, it made sense to me. I was sold. Absolutely. I've heard, you know, you've heard historically of composers waking up in the middle of night and writing something down. This, these strokes of genius sometimes come to us. Not me too bad, but, (laughs) and they do. And then you are so you solve things, you figure things out, you wake up and go, that's how I do this. And that's kind of what we have going on here, which was cool. Never happened to me. No, I don't even, do you, do you remember your dreams a lot? Once in a while. I rarely do. Yeah, once in a while. And, and then when I do, I usually like kind of have a string of them. Like I remember like a few over a couple nights. Gotcha. And then I won't have a peak at one for like a month. I'm really fascinated by dreams. The, uh, I actually met a sleep tech through my work. And um, I just was asking her, I was like, what do you do? She's like, I'm a sleep tech. I'm like, holy shit, what's that like? And she said, you know, she has to work third shift which is people come in and sleep and they run all these tests and they talk to people and they're, and it's just this trying to figure it out. Why are people insomniacs? Why can't they sleep? What's their problem? How that affects people. I'm always, I don't like dream-based shit like you're saying, but the idea of sleep and dreaming fascinates me conceptually as a species. Fascinating as shit. It's really that, crazy. That we still don't completely understand yeah, why it's people awesome. sleep. Yep. All right. Pardon the tangent. Let's identify this girl so we can put her to rest. Yep. It's Patty girl. Is it not Patty? Addy. Addy Sparks. Addy Sparks. Yep. So autopsy time. Classic X-Files. Yep. Went missing in 75. Which. So four years prior to Mulder's the murders. like, that can't be the case. Right. Or. It's a little early. If it is, it means he started much earlier than we thought. This is a great plot point. Does not bode well. Right. Right. Because that's like, holy shit a whole unaccounted for period of time mm-hmm. that this dude could have been killing kids. But first things first, we got to go talk to Mr. Sparks. Yep. I think Robert's his name. Frank. Frank, gotcha. So Frank Sparks, uh, Addie's father. Boy, these are not the types of visits you want to make. Jesus. It, it's, it's pretty fucking awesome. 
Not awesome. <laughs> hey, man. Wrong, hey. Wrong adjective. Brought a, brought a happy meal. Dude, it's pretty badass how they tell this dude about his dead daughter. He's like, guess what? Your daughter's dead. Oh, drops the mic. <laughs> Slams the door back. Uh, Peels no. out. It is pretty uh, intense, mm-hmm. I guess, how when he answers the door, they show a badge. It's all it takes. 20 years later, 20 fucking years later, he just says, you found Addy. Yeah. You know, that's the first Actually, thing. Actually, no, we're here to talk about your internet porn collection. <laughs> you got a couple under there, under 18. Ooh. So we're going to throw in bracelets. Sorry. How's that oh, not whoops, the website's wrong house. fault? <laughs> How's that not the website's fault? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, so he recognized. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it said barely legal, <laughs> yeah. but it still said legal. <laughs> anyway, it says teen, not preteen. <laughs> he recognizes the bag that was for the tooth fairy because they had. <laughs> oh, bro. And to hell, <laughs> a special kind of hell. <clears throat> yes, they have. Uh, they have her shirt piece of her shirt. Yep. And this is uh to really shift gears. This is this is a pretty emotional. And what's that isn't that that little <laughs> the little bag too, right? He it's, says it's the, a pocket. Oh, it's a pocket from it's the a shirt. chest pocket. Ah, gotcha. Okay. That the mom sewed <laughs> a on. A bag cuz it was ripped off the shirt. I'm such an idiot. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And uh instant in recognition. Yeah. And and he is so he you could tell I the good actor just a little guest appearance, but he's he portrays a strong man, a strong personality who is still just rattled to the core, right. obviously. Um, uh, as, as, quick question. Yeah. Burn Piven. Is this the guy's name? The credits are telling me Robert Sparks, but I thought I heard Frank in the episode too. That's why I went to IMDb. I wasn't sure. Huh? Yeah. I was like, I thought I heard Frank too. For sure. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the guy, but if it is burn Piven, good job, my friend. Um, but when he's, because he's recounting what this pocket was, his wife sewed it onto the shirt. It was where he would go in and put the tooth fairy money. He would put a quarter yep. in the pocket. Christ. And I'm like, Jesus. This is tough business right Yeah, here. and we find out the mom, his wife passed away last year. Yep. And then he says something. He says, I always thought not knowing would be worse than knowing. That, that if I found out, have some peace. And he's like, it's not. It's not. Not the case. I'm glad she, referring to his wife, never never had to or isn't here for this. Right. I'm paraphrasing. But yep, you are. But that's, that's okay. That's some brutal shit. It's brutal shit that becomes a central a central focus for Mulder's feelings on this. Yeah. As soon as his sister gets brought into this, I, I reflect back on this scene and I think this is a warning for Mulder. Yep. It might not get better, buddy. No. And when they walk out of the house, because he asked them, "How many, how many more people like me do you have to talk to today?" Right, because you know they tell him this guy's already in, in prison, mm-hmm. you know, forever. Right, forever. He's not getting out. It's all, it's all set. Yeah, and he thinks you know maybe there's other victims. Yes, <clears throat> and this is just keying right into Mulder's already probably processing thoughts. Right, 
And when they exit the property, when they exit the house and they're walking away, the camera's really close on Mulder and Scully's kind of behind him. And there's a real cinematic quality here. It reminds me of like Mystic River or any of these movies where you got this real intense like child missing shit and what's going through the people's heads as they go through this and his head's kind of down and he's just walking and you can tell he's thinking very hard and Scully's hanging back and you can tell that she's really empathetic and she's picking up on this terrible vibe that must be going on in him right now. And this really begins this great performance from David Duchovny this episode. This is, I think, one of one of his best personal performances. Yeah. Um, yep. Like I was saying when we opened up, overall now as an adult, Scully is my favorite character. Sure. I love Mulder. I always have. Sure. He was why I loved the show when I was younger. But, um, you know, I like a lot of Scully-driven episodes. Yep. But this is this is just a straight Mulder episode, and David Duchovny just crushes it. He does, and it, and it really picks up from here on out. So these these strokes of inspiration. This is a common thing in this episode. It happens again. Roche drove away El Camino. He sees the car as he's exiting. He's it's like, a flash. Boom! Flash El Camino. That's right. He thinks the hearts could be in the car, which was sold at an auction. And the reason he says this is because. Roche was a salesman, so he spent a lot of time in his car. There could be a connection here, some kind of emotional connection to the car. So maybe they're somewhere in the car. Searched the shit out of the house. Mm -hmm. Very confident it wasn't in the house. He doesn't have him in prison, so kind of a hanging hanging fruit. That's right. And they, they realize it was sold to auction. They track down the current owner. No problem. So we flash over them, pop and open a garage, and this young kid lets Mulder and Scully search the car, who's astonished to learn that a serial killer owned his car, right? <laughs> so he's driving around a serial killer's car. Yeah. Also, why are you pouring your life savings into detailing an El Camino? Hey, man, it's a hot rat. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it, it, it was, it's not, definitely not now. <laughs> I feel like in the 90s, still wasn't, right? Yeah. Has I, the El Camino ever been cool? I think they were pretty big in the Latin community. Unless you're a Latin gang member, <laughs> it is not, not the cool. only kind of Latins there are are the ones that are gang members. No, there's also legal immigrants. <laughs> so yeah, but I know this guy I went to high school with. Uh, forget his name. He had one, and it was sick. It was sick. <laughs> Boss. All black, flames on it, and it was really pretty. And I was like, wow, that car is actually pretty cool. And when he started it up, it you know, it sounded like Current. pretty pretty angry animals. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was awesome. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about- He was Latin as well. <laughs> and neither illegal nor criminal. So take that, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Story checks out. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the search efforts in the vehicle? Sure. Um, boy, oh boy. First things first, Scully's like, they probably checked the car. I'm just going to throw it out there. Professionals probably checked the car. And he's like, well, not me. I didn't. <laughs> and then he proceeds to show us why it is so vital that someone as proficient as he in searching searches this. And he decides that he's going to stab this boy's leather seats, rip them open, and... And he's like, well, I guess it's not here. <laughs> he does. He doesn't search. No. Because I think he realizes yeah. he's being silly. Yeah. Right. He stabs it, he slices it, and then he's like, eh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, put that on the bill with the forensics team <laughs> yeah. that we called out. Right on the taxpayer bill. Because mm. he searches it. The initial search looks exactly like when I drop my cell phone in my car. Mm-hmm. He just kind of sweeps on the other side of the seat, sure. kind of sweeps his hand underneath, not looking, then just you feeling go, around. Fuck off, and you have to wait, so then you had to crawl under the fucking, yeah. yeah. It's very cursory. 
Um, yeah, he gets that Helping flash. Helping detail, he says, wise ass. <laughs> uh, the mad the, hat. The mad hat, hat, the, the camper cap. Because the kid mentioned taking it off. Yep. So Mulder, and it, it works here. Like Mulder has this, you know, that inpatient intensity. Yes. He's just like practically running into the backyard, mm-hmm. pulling this thing out, starting to tear into the felt lining. And he finds little too good gravy. He finds a copy of Alice in Wonderland inside the pages. There are hearts. And this is very intense, suspenseful. They're counting 14, 15, 16. 16. Good gravy. So two more victims that have not been identified or found. What's the next stop? Now we meet the man. We meet uh, John Lee Roche as all serial killers. Three names. Yep. Um, so this guy's Lee Boggs. Yep. Yep. Luther Lee Boggs. Um, who, then there's another guy in that same episode. Uh, yeah, no, it's escaping me at the moment, but this actor, Tom Noonan. Yep. He's the man. This role was written specifically for him. I like it. They, they were literally writing this character with only the thought of having him play it. He's played a couple other serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, uh, this was a you know pretty significant name to bring to the table here. Yeah. Um, crushed it crushed it he, he how did you describe him at the opening he's almost flippant casually casual casual psychopath yes he's almost flippant. flippant about whatever is occurring around him yep but not not usually in the sense of you know that it he doesn't even he comes off like he's not even trying to be flippant correct you know he's not intentionally trying to rub anything in Mulder's face no. occasionally a couple he's smarter couple than quips. you and he's bored with you he's bored yeah I've never older long time. No, see. Yeah. Got a new partner. Yeah. Like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> He's shooting hoops. That's it. Boy, man, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. And the fact that Mulder is the one even starting here before it gets even worse that, you know, he's trying to play it cool, but this guy is going to out cool you mm-hmm. every day of the week. Sure. Found, found your hearts. Oh yeah. Good for you. I guess, you know? Yeah. The way he says that is so great. Good for you. I guess. We found Addy Sparks. Oh, good for you, I guess. You know. Cool. Whoosh. Nothing but that. <laughs> <laughs> Tall. Probably a good yeah, big fella. Good baller. Big fella. Um, I'll tell you what, man. That's what I like about him. Good for you, I guess. There's a lot being said there. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter. Already dead. So <laughs> yes. I'm here. Good on you, pal. Yeah. Does a good day. Doesn't change. Right, doesn't affect the victims. They're dead. Mm-hmm. Doesn't affect me. I'm locked up. Right. It's affecting you. So good for you, I guess. Oh, my soup came after my meal. Cool. I'm out. Take it off the bill. That's an appetizer. That comes first. That doesn't come after steak dinner. I'm not hungry anymore. Take the soup. (laughs) A little less severe. Uh, Yep. Yep. Not the same as, say, you know, child murder and evidence and lockup. But, you know, hey. But Mulder wants to, he says, you know, one of the victims. Yes. In there, in there, they try to make rational arguments, you know, like, Hey, do something right for once in your life. Hello. dude. You are barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. He's just yeah. doesn't give a moment a of decency, shit. a moment of dec- decency. Okay. And he, he says, murdered young girls, 16 of them, uh, not interested in decency, 16 of them. Yeah. And this is, so it's mentioned. He's actually about to mention the molester part. That's something that, cause he says it. Yeah. That's something that they don't even... They don't touch. Even X-Files doesn't. Because mm-hmm. is there anything more fucking horrific than right. that? Right. But just laying it out there that, you know, 
Putting I didn't get much sleep last night. Into the back of your mind. I mean, I don't know if it's more horrific than that, but <laughs> no, but seriously, you're right. Do you think, do you think he's saying it because he's saying it or do you think it's true? I think it's true. Okay. And I think it's known. And I think they didn't want to really detail no reason. it. Cause no reason. Yeah. But just, but just putting it out there is enough to just let that sink into your mind mm-hmm. as well. When you're watching this guy, just to show what level of monster he is. Right. Like, he hits the shot, because oh. he, right, he, that's how it happens. He says, hit it from there, I'll tell you. Also, that, that shot, you know, when he challenges Mulder, one take. One take. That was actually Mulder. surprise me. Taking a shot, first take, cool. swish. Trust child molester, and that's how it comes up. Yep. God. I understand you take this very personally, Mulder. Yeah. Also says that. Puts, yeah. Puts that hook in there. He's so like, oh, it's like, it's like the tail of a large pack animal. <laughs> sort of casually keeping the, the flies off its ass. <laughs> that's, that's what I think of when I watch him. It's like an automatic, uh, uh, yeah. cool. And then he just bounces. Yep, hey, of course, of course. You. Then later Mulder starts to see this red laser light again, and he starts to follow it. He sees his sister, Samantha, yep. right? She's playing Stratego. Dude, great game. I'm a Stratego Go boss. Great game. I was a boss at such so fun. I had the I had the regular version and then the electronic one. Oh really? No fuckery. No. Because what happens is is you would push down and then push your opponents and it would go and then tell you the winner. Oh it was cool. It was no fuckery. No, no bullshit. so the playing Stratego Stratego, and I didn't know until I saw the piece. I was like, that boy looks familiar. It's blurry. The piece is very distinctive. Yes. By the way, watch Monday Night Football. They used little the the what they're using as the mock up, like going over like the players, the key matchups. They were all on little Stratego pieces. Get out of town. It was wild. Cool. Yeah. That's really that's really awesome. So Samantha and him are she's like, It's your move, Mulder. Yep. Or something. And we have seen some flashes of this memory before in Indeed. the show. Right. This is this is the most impactful moment of Mulder's life. This is the one the event that has influenced him more than any other. Right. So now we see it again, but from a little bit of a different perspective. Right. He's there. He's like talking to her. It's clearly a dream. You know, there's, there's no foolery here. Um, and then things start to progress. Rumbling. Rumbling. Begins there. Lights. Rocious walks in. Yes. Makes off with Samantha and bam, he wakes up. Because in the past, we've seen elements of that in these memories, but it's been a prelude to an alien abduction. Indeed. This is rough for Mulder because he's already been having dreams that has led him around. So if you're in this sort of, if you're having one of these weeks where you had multiple dreams that led you to this, you're face to face with this guy, your sister's missing. The mounting stress on Mulder is so good. And then to have a dream to then start to think, is this the person who took my sister and most definitely killed her because I'm having a dream now? And, and I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, molested and killed. Molested and killed, right. Like, is that him? Because I'd like to get another like, few seconds with him if I could. Yeah. So he wakes up terrified. He starts to, you know, realize good gravy. And that's when he's like, I got to go see Roche. In a bad state of mind. Dude, terrible plan. Mounting stress. This fits the Mulder character, It right? does because of his strokes of genius and his in his overwhelming desire for answers. Yes. And he's clearly, you're putting yourself immediately on the wrong footing. And, mm-hmm. and Scully points it out later. 
Yes. He his heart is on his sleeve. He is showing like I sat like they're playing did there. They're playing paper heart on his sleeve. <laughs> Not yet. It's like they're playing poker and he has his cards face up on the table. Sure. You know? Sure. Roche walks in to the interrogation room. Mulder's there waiting anxiously, mm-hmm. tapping, yes. waiting. Yes. And Mulder just he's weak from the beginning. Right. Like he is not in control. No. Roche and Roche sees that and just boom. Right. Takes it. That's it. That's it. And and that's perfect for him. He's you know, these types of people, these these hunters of other people, they're such opportunists. They're 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 quite in touch with the savage side of instinct and they can spot these things very easily in other people. They can spot weakness. They can spot this shit. And like you said, it's hook, line and sinker, bitch. I gotcha. And Mulder's questions, man. Now, not only are you putting your cards on the table to continue your metaphor, but you're asking how much you should bet. (laughs) Here's my cards. Should I go all in? Because you're about to, because you started to say, he asks Roche, tell me. Yep. Now you're inviting him to fuck with you. And that's exactly what he does. He asks him about 1973. He misses selling a vacuum cleaner to Mulder's dad. The way he tells the story, kind of just kind of recalling it casually. Dude, it's so- I think it was the Duchess model, or maybe the princess. Electrolux. Um, your dad, he had, he, had a, he had a hard time making this decision. Really, really thought on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Dude, it is so unnerving. It's super unnerving. It is just really, oh my God. Like watching him, you, you almost like, it's horror in a, such a different way. It's a, it's, a, it's a horror you can't wrap your head around. You don't get a chance to sit across the table from somebody describing to you how they went about abducting someone that you care about. Put yourself in a, in, put yourself in a third party position. You can't even say Scully because she's too close to Mulder. But put Skinner, uh, he's too close. Put Joe Schmo in that seat. That's a tough story to listen to. Yeah. No matter who you are, let alone now you're emotionally tied to this thing this is, very deeply. Yeah. And uh, it shows mm-hmm. because he, he gives him a, a quick right. Yeah. Because he, he does. Whap. Um, face punches him because Roche tells Mulder, bring me the hearts and I'll tell you more. And he punches him in the face. Guard didn't see anything. Yeah. Do you know who that guard was? No. Uh, Mark Gibbon, not a super famous actor, but okay. been in a few things. Chronicles like of Riddick. Nice. Stargate. Excellent. He was one of the um, the kind of uh, right-hand bad guys. You know, one of the, um, what are those, foxy kind of things? Stargate? <laughs> the foxy guys. Foxy guys. <laughs> Isn't they it like a fox Anubis head? Mask. Anubis mask. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, the real foxy. Yeah, foxy. Yeah. Hey there. Uh, so yeah, he didn't see shit, but Scully did. And she, she, she kind of liked into Mulder a little bit here. I liked it. I did too. She's a pro. Yeah. This is why, this is why Scully's so good. You went in there like this. Yep. I saw it. This is no good. No good. This is bad. And she's, she's trying to rationalize it and explain it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, you are, you're letting this get to you. You had a dream. Mm-hmm. Just because the other dream became true doesn't mean this did. Right. This guy could have known it from anything. He he has access to the internet in the prison. She already looked this up. He can find out all these details about your case, about your sister. <laughs> and he's Here, more than capable of doing that. Here's something that went out of fashion. The net. <laughs> he could have logged onto the net, Mulder. 
They even had a movie called The Net. <laughs> yeah. Sandra Bullock or some shit. Not as good as Hackers. <laughs> Not <laughs> as good that's as true. Hackers. Not as good as a soundtrack for sure. Uh, yeah, they don't say that anymore. But yeah, you, you walked in that room with your heart on your sleeve. Like you said, it was nothing but a dream. He's playing with you. All this stuff. She's saying, do you understand what's happening here? You're not thinking rationally. And, and she, uh, the difference too is this is Jillian Anderson doing a great job. Right. She's saying this. She's upset, but she's also upset for Mulder. And, and she's trying. It's awesome. She's trying to help him. This is an interesting aspect to the characters we haven't specifically touched on before. You know, the the obvious, you know, factor that, you know, Mulder is the, you know, emotional kind of intuitive sure. one. Sure. Scully's the analytical whatever. Yes. But- one kind of interesting facet to each of them is that Mulder, despite his kind of being emotionally driven and et cetera, he is not very empathetic to other people. Right. Scully is. Yes. Despite being more calculated and rational. Right. And this might just be a case of the actors themselves because the company's so dry. Yeah. Right. Yep. But we, we see it yeah. many times. It's yes. definitely a part of them. Yes. But yeah, maybe just Mulder doesn't deliver that as well. Mm-hmm. But he's he's a little awkward with those kind of things. Right. When Scully's um, dad dies. In different cases, he's just not good at that. He's not good at that. And Scully's great. And yep. Jillian does a great job of it here. And then the real tough question comes. Is it a douchey to refer to an actor actress as a first name? Like, I fucking know her. Like, <laughs> we know her. We hung out the other day. <laughs> Scully. Do you believe that my sister was abducted by aliens? That's Mulder really trying to roll a hard six here. Yeah. He's now, he's just saying, am I crazy? He's kind of, you know, it's like when you're in this position, it's pretty tough. Her answer is good. I don't know what to believe, right? But I also think that she doesn't and he kind of knows she doesn't. And I think he's, yeah, he's reaching out, but he's also- kind of turn the tables by showing that he could give up on this thing that he's held his entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this belief that his sister was abducted by aliens is what has defined him as a character in our, in our view of the last four seasons of television, you know, right. at this point. And suddenly he's kind of opening up to the possibility that maybe it's not that. Mm-hmm. And if it's not that, what could it be? And right. why couldn't it be this? Right. Yeah, because if it's not aliens, it, 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 the next logical action, action is to assume it's this man yep. based on the details he knows. Right. So confirmation bias time because he's going to go to mom's house. Mom shows up in the middle of the night in the basement. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, what's going on? Uh, asks about the hearts, asks if they look familiar. I, my memory's bad. What? What, what is wrong with stroke. you? stroke. Yeah, it's the middle of the night. You're rooting around the basement. Um, did dad ever buy you a vacuum? Yes, of course. Of course he did at some point, right? And that's what I mean. That's a, great, that's a great anniversary gift yeah. for your wife. <laughs> that and, you know, I don't know. An iron. A couple of oven mitts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And then he finds an electrovac princess. Yeah. Shit. Well, confirmation bias continues because that's kind of like saying, you know, if we if we annihilate the world right now and we come back 90 years later and we're like, did, did, did that buy you a phone? What was it? A, <laughs> it was an iPhone. No shit. They're everywhere. Yeah. Maybe the Electrovac princess is the affordable model that all the fucking, there's maybe eight out of 10 houses on the block have one. Right. But it's just, he's not thinking clearly. He's just being, oh, this has got to be it. This has got to be it. Right? Yep. I like it. I found myself trying to think like Scully in this one. You know, like, 
you, the math here, like anyone could have this, man, you know? And, and really, there's never, we'll talk about the end, you know, his mom doesn't say like, yeah, you know, I bought it from a guy who looks like this. Yes. It could go either way. Indeed. It doesn't confirm nor deny. Right. But Mulder, obviously, like you said, confirmation bias takes it as more evidence. He sure does. And boy, he is in big trouble when he goes to see Skinner. Yeah. But he's so emotionally affected. He's like trying to go on the offensive to Skinner. <laughs> and Skinner's like, hey, did you punch a prisoner? Mm-hmm. Did you punch a prisoner in the face? Because I saw a video. And Mulder's like pissed because he's been denied access. Pissed that he's been denied access. Whips his head around to Scully. He's like, she didn't tell me because he knows what's coming. Yep. Mitch, well, Mitch, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I just, we were, we were having beers. I'm just used to calling him Mitch. Walter Skinner. <laughs> Walter Skinner is like, uh, hey, uh, I saw the footage. She didn't sell you down the room, but she should have. Gives her a case of the ass, yep. which I like. Yeah. I like when Scully gets in trouble. It's one of my favorite things. Because she's such a good- Yes, I love it when the up. class, I love it when the fucking class suck up. And I'm not saying she is a suck up, <laughs> is busted. You're like, yes, you <laughs> yeah. forgot your homework, you bitch. Blush like crazy. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they cry. <laughs> um, so yeah, Scully does back up Mulder, saying it's possible that Roach is responsible. She, she really backs him up. She really backs him I up. I mean, she makes a great argument. Sure. Hey, you know, for besides the punching thing, there is a possibility that this this did happen. Mm-hmm. And moreover, Mulder knows his case better than anybody. He knows Roach better than anybody. And it's it's his case. And it's the case is now definitely not closed. We have two two murders to account for. Yes. And she really No matter lays it what, out, that's the reality. She lays it out very rationally. And it's dangerous because she knows how much this is affecting Mulder. Right. And Skinner says, like, all right. But this is on you Tread to lightly. Scully. Tread yeah. lightly, and you're accountable for him. Basically, yeah. like, hey, great buddy system. Yes, good move. <laughs> Scully's good. like, can yeah. I uh, take Seabaxis? Good move by Skinner, <laughs> by the way. I like that. Um, if there's any complaints I have with the episode, it's in some of his dialogue at this point. Your ass is in a sling. You're too involved. It's, like the, it's the tropey bullshit. But I, I love him. I think he's he's always good, and he's so he has such a command presence. Like yep. our heroes are so like. Our heroes are so awesome. And then when you see Skinner briefly, you can just tell he has this aura of command about yeah. him. It's yeah. great, you know? Forceful personality. Yeah, yeah. He does very well. It's awesome. So Mulder decides that he's going to go back and see Roche. Yeah. With Scully this time. Yes. Mulder presents him with two hearts. Name them, I think is what he says, right? Yep. So Roche tells Mulder, Mulder that he already knows one of the victims. He names the game. Scully says, prove it. Yes, prove it. So he starts talking about the game that they're playing. This is another- It's brutal. Disturbing fucking scene. It just, it keeps ratcheting up. Yeah. It keeps ratcheting up. And that's what I really like about this. I cannot say enough about just how this this casual recounting just makes, Mm -hmm. if you think about it for a second, every hair on your body stands up. Sure. Like, oh my God. Um. I know that you wanted to watch Bill Bixby, but right, he's yeah. he's recounting what was on the television set. Mulder isn't sure which heart is Samantha's, right? Right. So Roche is going to make him guess. What a dick. 50-50 chance, Mulder. Yeah. Either way, you're, you're getting a victim, right? <laughs> that casual, like, come on, just play. And what do you think about this? This is the second game he's decided to play. The first one is, is sync the shot. Yep. Now it's guess. Well, he... 
He's in control. He's in control. And, and he he's loves, playing with you. He's he's playing with Mulder. He's toying with him. He's playing with this guy no matter what, you know, ultimately kind of beat him in a way. He's in prison more or less because of Mulder. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is this is revenge in a way, you know, and this is now now I have control. Mm-hmm. Now I have you where I want you. When he says either way you're getting a victim, there's some really brilliant moments by Gillian Anderson here, even though it's not a Gillian Anderson ep. And that's her look of disgust is so good. Her body language, the arms crossing, everything. She she's she's in the frame, but she's not the she's not the subject of your shot, but yeah. she knows to stay in character and it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, I really like that about this. You just see through her eyes, in addition to what you're seeing and hearing, the the level of monster that's sitting there. You right. can really see it on her face. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful to see that from these characters who we know have seen some crazy shit, met some terrible people. Yeah. So to still like be able to make that kind of impact just reinforces. It does. And then you add the emotional investment that they have in each other. And Scully's, this is a tough spot to watch someone you care about squirm. It's yeah. brutal. And uh, your, your hands are really tied and you have to deal with this bullshit. It's tough. Because you can tell Mulder's kind of barely hanging on. Mm-hmm. Scully's kind of there like trying to trying to drive and coordinate this because Mulder is really barely able to take care of his own shit at this point. It is so affecting him. Mm-hmm. And we see that because we now we cut to the location. The location. Mulder digging with his hands in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Finds a rock that says Mad Hat. That's yeah. why. And he, she's like, okay, this is the spot frantic this dude the next sequence that this scene and the following scene this never happens to me in this show ever but i found myself a little choked up yeah i I couldn't believe it i'm sitting here watching it he's digging frantically the way he says help me scully is like a a a child that's that you that's desperate and needs help almost broken it's 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 hard to hear help me scully as they dig because she's trying to like stop at first. She's going to say something about like, let's call forensic team, whatever. Not going to work. And she, when she hears that, she, she she's compelled. Helps she's compelled she's like, by his desperation. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the autopsy. This too. That's what I mean. This whole, yeah. this whole meat, this meaty part of this episode. That noise, that boom. Yeah. As the lights come yeah. on. Yeah. And it's just, there's a body under a sheet and there's Mulder. Easy piano, like to, to, to kind of lull you in. Just standing in the doorway painful face man painful face just you can just see him trying to mentally summon the courage to cross this room and pull back that sheet right scully comes in and this is the tough shit right here in in just thinking about it he's 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 looking it's it's not her right scully on my right and then he mentions the collarbone and his desperation in these moments is what gets me yeah you feel so bad for him so bad you don't want it to be her, but then kind of like the other guy said, what was his name? Mr. You're Sparks? S- still getting it. Oh, how many other? Y- yeah, or, or do I want to know or do I not want to know? Like, and as the audience, I'm like, do I want it to be her or do I not? Yeah. I can't tell. Yeah. It sucks. There's like no win here. And, and there's, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, beyond this just as an episode, there's extra weight here because of the significance of this in the overall storyline. For us as a, as a viewer- sure. The the whole mystery of his of his sisters is a very important part of the show. I mean, part of his character too. Yeah, it's very important to him. So there's there's some uh, there's some weight to it, even beyond what is so effectively shown in the episode itself. Collarbone, collarbone, not broken, not broken, broke it as a kid, and then 
This is what I mean by this type of, this is such a unique conflict, internal conflict. And that's, he sits down. It's not Samantha. Pause. Still a dead girl. But it's somebody. Yeah. He says, I love it. Yeah. Like you're off the hook a little, but you're still out here in in a terrible place. It's great. It's a great fucking scene. It was very effective. One of the most emotional scenes in the show that we've covered in 10 eps. Yeah. For me, it was this one. Yeah, it was really, really powerful. Um, now, at this point... Back to Roche. Mulder's in trouble. He's, yeah. He's, 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 he sits this one out, and he should. So Scully's going to take a crack at it, right? She kind of jumps in a little. Mulder's there. He's there. They're both there. But he is now not even capable of... No. He's there, but he's not there, right? No. Roche tells Scully and Mulder who it is. Right. Yes. And then he starts to offer some more details of the case. He recalls selling the process and how he was unable to sell her mother the vacuum. Dude, oh well. And he talks about he remembers sprigs of mint. Yeah, outside her house. Outside the girl's I, house. I, I was standing on sprigs of mint as I looked in her bedroom window. Like in Scully's face again, the horror. She cuts him off right here because she doesn't want to hear about his pleasure. Right. I like that. Yep. And in, in what did she say? What time? She says something very basic here. She, she interrupts him by saying, what time or, or what did you see or what was next? But she cuts him off. She doesn't want, she doesn't want to be pulled down memory lane with this fucking yeah, guy. And I like that. To have that. him get to play out his little- Right. Because she's not compromised fantasies. yet and she's going to shut this guy down. But she's very aware of how compromised Mulder is. Right. I like it. I like it a lot. And, Recalling the selling process, man, again. Oh, like, I couldn't sell her. Yeah. Oh, well. Killed yeah. her daughter. <laughs> He might as well have said that, yes. but he didn't have to. No. That's he why the never dialogue says is so awesome He here. never says anything that he did to these girls. Right. It, he just lets it hang there. Yes. You know? Yes. That's great writing. Yes. Great, great writing. writing. And he obviously, as we've said, delivers it. Um, sure. So Noonan's great. Now he's saying, basically, to get the last one, to get your sister, he wants to get out. He's going to show him. He's going to take him there. And they're like, you just want to, you just want an excuse to get out of here. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the rest of my life, I want, yeah. a day, I want a day or two on the outside. Dude. The, and then he says, you know, in addition to that, he says, and you know, he points to Mulder. He's like, and I, I just, I can't wait to see your face. Dude. That's when Scully flips. Fucking flips. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like, it's dark. Man, it, in, in real life or TV, when, when somebody just says something that you're like, oh my God, did they just say that? Yeah. You know, have you ever seen, like in real life, in a situation, like this is, this is messed up, but as a kid, I had a friend whose mother had passed away at a young age. Yep. We're hanging out, you know, being, being 17, playing cards or whatever the hell we're doing, <laughs> probably playing jihad. <laughs> Inadvertently, you might want to clarify that statement before the uh, NSA comes knocking. <laughs> I mean, Vampire the Masquerade. Vampire the Eternal Struggle card Guess game. you can't say jihad cards hey, they were ahead. Hey, they were ahead of the curve on that fucking rebrand. <laughs> They're like, let's call it Vampire the Eternal Struggle card game instead of jihad. Because yes. bloodsucking monsters are much more acceptable. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, buddy whose mom passed away, hanging out. We're, you know, we're fucking kids. We rip each other about everything. Dude, friend, my friend makes a mom joke to him. Without Woof. thinking, and then you see you see it in his eyes. Like as soon as he gets it out, like oh fuck, right. you know, because you make mom jokes to your yep. friends, whatever. Right. That's that's what I almost felt like when he said that was yeah. like, oh, like yeah, you didn't. Oh my god, you just said that. <sighs> brutal, brutal. Yep, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, 
I can't wait to see your face, man. Yeah. You're going to see the inside of the cell instead. You're going to rot there. <laughs> and she just flips, grabs Mulder, gets Mulder out of there. Mm-hmm. Mulder has lost the battle so far. He's losing the battle oh, right now. God, yeah. That's the problem. And you, he, he, but he pulls his shit together long enough Dude. to try to convince Scully that he's okay. Yes. He's lying. He's lying, but he, he does it well enough that she kind of believes that he has his shit together. Right. But he is already over the brink, I think, at this point. He's already made the decision that he is doing whatever it takes. Right. Because, now. yeah, he calls in a removal order. He calls in a removal order. Yeah. Now you're doing some pretty illegal shit, right? You can't just take a prisoner. Yeah. Hold on. Can I say something? Yeah. I'm thinking about this scene a little bit. When he's saying the shit he's saying to Mulder and Scully jumps in and Mulder's kind of stone-faced, I started to think about something. I I wrote this down, actually, and I'm I'm just kind of looking over my notes again. I'm sorry to go back on you, but Scully's really pissed at the mind games. Mulder has this kind of stone look on his face, right? Yep. He's just kind of observing the guy, hearing what he has to say. In the previous scenes, he was mad he punched him. Part of me thinks that, I wonder, is he defeated so much as do you think he's now resolved himself? I'm going to kill this fucking guy. I think he's, he's already crossed the brink. Like what I was trying to say, I, he already is in his head. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. I'm going to take this guy out of here. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get answers. Yeah. So it's like. He's gone into the process of now I am in stone cold mode. Yep. You know, it's almost like what you say can't affect me because I, I've already gone too far. Yeah. And that's how he, that's his face. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. and that's how he talks to Scully right yep. after. Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So they're on a plane. <laughs> He's got to go to the, go to go to the lavatory. God. Yep. He gets cut off from older by the drink cart. He sees a little girl, dude leans down. Just a nice stranger. Talks to the, I hate this. Talks to the little girl. I hate this, but it's so good. So good. It's brutal. (sighs) Hey there. Because if you, he does seem, you know, like he seems like a nice, if you don't know what you already know, you can see it from the mom's Mm -hmm. perspective. Oh, this is a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is you, you, you are witnessing the process. That's the tough part about it. Yeah. You're witnessing the process of how he lures victims away. And it's, he, and, and it's just, and he, he's not being nice to this girl. He's not unable to help himself, although maybe he is. I'm still convinced he wants to fuck with Mulder. Yes. He wants Mulder to see this, so yep. he does this. Because he wants him to know that he can just talk to him. He can just lure them. He can Creep. play this game. And yeah, you know, you watch him do this and you're like, you did this 16 times before and then kidnapped that girl, raped and murdered her. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. We get a quick look in on Scully with Skinner. Boy, she's in big trouble. She is pissed. She's in big trouble. Yep. Not as big trouble as Mulder is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, Mulder just took this guy without authorization out of prison. I didn't know he was going to do this. He's flying somewhere. <laughs> Scully likes to stick up for Mulder, but she's like, I didn't know he was going to do this. <laughs> um, but she's concerned enough to report it to, to, to Skinner. Yeah. She knows... Based on that last meeting. This is bad. This is bad. This is a situation. And you know, before he makes that call that he, he calls in that removal order, he's just laying in the darkness. Ugh. And I'm like, what is he thinking? Dark shit. What is he yeah, thinking? Dark right shit now? running through. It's, it's awesome. But they do guess Martha's Vineyard and Skinner says to Scully, you let me down. I'm sure that's probably one of the worst things she's ever heard. Yep. 
and uh, let's kill him to Smith before it gets out of hand. He's going. Yeah. Skinner himself. Yeah. Assistant director. When your boss has to go, you're fucked up. Yep. <laughs> so they're on their way, and now we're back to Martha's Vineyard. They walk into this house. You know, it's been uh, you know, unlived in for a while. You know, you got- Many years. Got sheets, uh, those plastic wraps down, whatever, mm-hmm. over the couches. It's a kind of weird feeling. I hate know. it. I feel like I'm in uh, the fucking Dexter's kill room, kill room or some shit. Dude, and Roche goes in and sits on the couch. And he's like, oh, I remember sitting, I remember this couch. <sighs> I talked to he's your dad. He's so brutal. Talk to your dad about yeah. the vacuum cleaner while I was sitting here. Yeah. Molder. Your parents are playing, I don't know, Pinochle. Yeah. He, he, he makes him start telling the story. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I recall watching the house for hours. Creepy. He said, I started he, to get ready. Yeah. Just going to scout. Yeah. Just I was going to do it out. that night. I was just, I was just watching. And the opportunity came up, basically. The way he says it, I started to get ready. I cut the power. I was going to kick the door in. It was unlocked, so I walked in. You know, it was 1973, and things were different. He's such a bastard. God. Mulder then snaps the trap shut. This is something we've seen from Mulder in the past, isn't it, with Luther Lee Boggs? Yeah. Yep. The little feint, the little misdirection, the gambit. Even even when... This far to the brink, he still has the ability to to turn the tables. It's awesome. And he does. This isn't the house. My parents bought this house years after that happened. You were never here. You're a liar. Oh, I was 23 years ago, Mulder. I mean- It's geography. Geography. But this is the first time you see Roche a little bit rattled. Yep. He's, he's annoyed. He's, he's annoyed. He's annoyed. He's annoyed. He's so annoyed because yep. he, he was relishing it. Right. He was relishing everything that was right. happening. Then Mulder- really kind of throws one in from left field here. Um, I think we're connected through a dream nexus. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost cabin pressure. <laughs> uh, what? Hey, <clears throat> sure. Okay. You stupid son of a bitch. He calls him at one point <laughs> yeah. too in this, in this little uh, thing. Uh, but basically that's why this is Mulder's, it, it, but it makes sense from the character perspective that Mulder always thinks that there's some kind of, you know, explanation. There's something right. there. So the reason that he knows all these details, the reason that these dreams he's been having, all this stuff is that they they got so close to each other in the process of this case mm-hmm. of Mulder getting into his head that he let him back into his. And Indeed. he somehow believes he's able to affect his dreams. And that's when Roche, you know when Roche is annoyed because yeah. he makes a mistake. And his mistake is pretty basic. He says... Oh, you, you're talking about like the aliens and stuff. The, oh he makes God. the noise, yeah. right? And that's him name calling because he's annoyed, yep. right? There's no, Roach is better than that in, at this game. And that's when he's just like, you're talking about aliens, you're crazy. <laughs> nah, nah. You know, like he's a little annoyed here. Yep. But it doesn't really phase Mulder. And that's when Mulder's like, look, our flight leaves at 6 a.m. You're going back. This is where Mulder, Mulder's pulling back from the brink. That's right. You know, he, he's, he won. In his head, he won. He proved in his mind that, that he wasn't the one. He is no longer like out of control as he, he may have been mm-hmm. moments ago. Yep. Gets back to the motel room. He's still affected, you know? Like you see him staying up, sitting at the table, thinking, looking at the heart. By himself. By himself. Um, Roche sleeping. Fox, help. Yeah. White El Camino, right? Yep. In the parking lot of the hotel. Unlock me. Unlock me. Let me mm-hmm. out. Let me out. He lets out his sister in the dream, engine revving, and then wakes to heavy door knocks. Oh boy, Scully and my boss is here. Mm. So yeah, this is um, 
he he has this little weird thing where he falls out, wakes up, and Roche is gone. Yeah, Skinner and Scully and others are there. You let Roche go? <laughs> you let him go. He's got your badge, your gun, and your phone. He rips him a new ass. Yeah, this is bad, dude. Mm-hmm. You you are an FBI. You might get fired here. Yes, absolutely. Probably should. Probably should be. You're an FBI agent. You, without authorization, removed a uh, 16-time serial killer from federal prison. It sounds so much worse when you say it that way. <laughs> you took him on this personal vendetta, and now he, he's got all your shit. He has an FBI badge in a gun in a phone, and he's just out. And don't forget he has another victim, probably. Yep. Great. So Scully suggests that maybe Roche is in his old stomping grounds in Revere. Yep. Because Mulder calls the airline. Mm-hmm. This is how, this is his first thought. The girl he talked to on the plane calls the airline, finds out, oh, an agent Mulder just called to ask about that passenger. Woof. Scully, yep, brings up the, this is old stomping grounds. He has the house on Alice Street. That's where mm-hmm. it all began. Mm-hmm. They go to the school. The yep. teacher, the hysterical teacher, this is like, oh man, this is brutal. I like she, how Mulder fesses up here. Yeah. To make her, because he knows what she's going through, doesn't he? Yes. Right? He feels responsible for his sister's disappearance. So he's, he deliberately stops her and we get a nice close up on him and he's like, it's not your fault, it's my fault. It's my fault. Because and, it, and it, it, it calms her a bit. It does. It, it does. does. He, he says it with enough strength because sure. she just gave this kid to a guy who claimed to be an FBI agent, but he had a badge, he seemed mm-hmm. official. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kind of Mulder's fault. Yep. Kind of is. So the, off they go to, I guess, a kind of a bus yard. Yeah, they go to his apartment. It's not there, his old apartment, but they can see out into that That's right. That place. Uh, the old MBTA lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Mulder goes off running by himself when he hears the scream. Yep. They get kind of separated in here. Yeah. Good, and good. Good tactics as usual from our our agents. Hey guys, stick together. So Mulder gets split and he's searching through the bus yard and he sees kind of like this weird movement, like one of the antenna things up there, whatever they're called, and it directs him to there. And he walks in to the, he walks into the car. And just casually, calmly, Roche is sitting in the back. The girl's sitting- Back of the bus. Sitting in the seat in front of him. I'm beginning to believe we uh, share this nexus you spoke of. You always seem to find me. So, yeah. Mulder addresses the girl. I like it. Hey, you're going to be fine. Going to take you back to your parents. Second, Mm -hmm. tries to calm her. You know, hey, can you count out loud? Why don't you close your eyes? Count to 20 for me. I have your gun, Mulder. He tells him, shit, you do, don't you? (laughs) And you don't see his hands. As she's counting with her eyes closed, Mulder approaches, gun drawn, pointed at his head. Little 380 he's got. Yep. This is is his holdout. He keeps in his little shoe holster, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he looks down and, uh, yeah, Roche has the gun pointed at the back of the seat, Mm -hmm. ready to blow open this girl. Yeah. And uh, we get a little standoff here. Yes. So, I love this part. I wanted one thing to be different about it. Just one. What? I didn't want him to start pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted Mulder just to shoot him at 20. <laughs> I really did. I, I, don't, I, know, I know that the show doesn't want to go that direction. It doesn't want to get that deep. It doesn't yeah. want to dive that deep into him. But I thought, <laughs> I, when I watched it the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I hadn't watched it in a while, I thought he did. Just, I, I texted boom. you immediately. I oh, said, he yeah. just cold wasted this dude. <laughs> this is deep. Right. And I watched it again and I, cause I was it. typing, like looking down and lo- looking up before I had my new method we discussed. But, um, yeah, you see him kind of start pulling it. Finger tense. Yep. 
just wastes. You want it to be a, uh, they kind of, did they George Lucas you? They had Greedo shoot first kind of situation. It's not that bad. It's not because, because Mulder does shoot first. Yes. He does shoot first. It it would have been like he shoots and misses the girl and then Mulder shoots him after. Yeah. (laughs) That would be like a, yeah, that'd be brutal. That'd be really brutal. But yeah, pink miss dude. Just boom. I love it. And we didn't mention details like the window going out behind him too. Cool. I like that. Skinner and Scully are, are there. They, they, the rest of the team has found them. They're on the bus there. They have their guns drawn. Mulder's the only one mm-hmm. right there in the situation. And yeah, we get a, a cut and a slow shot in Mulder's office. Yes. Great scene right here. Yes. I like this rap. The rap is Scully telling Mulder it's not Samantha. She's saying it with confidence, but she doesn't really know. No. Because as he was shot too, he was starting to tease him again mm-hmm. about more details. Sure. They talk about the manufacturing data of the clothing sample, 69 through 74. Unfortunately, it doesn't help. No. Because Mulder's sister could have gone missing in there. Could have been, couldn't have been. Could have been, couldn't have been. You don't know. Um, Why don't you go home and get some sleep? And he's like, how? And they hug. There's a a genuine, like, this sucks, man. I don't know what to tell you, brother, moment here. Yeah. And I like that, you know? It's, uh, It's it's, 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 It's a tough one. And it's funny. Because she's, she's not saying it, but- it's like in what was known as he had to pull that trigger to save that girl, you, you are never getting this answer, right? You're probably never answering this. That's right. Um, and it's, that's, she's not saying that, but she knows what's in his head. Sure. And then he looks at that heart and I like that he doesn't turn around, pull out his filing cabinet, yeah. put it in a file. He puts it in his desk drawer, right? You right. know, it's, it's so beyond a case. Yeah. It's so much part of him. And just closes the draw. End of episode. End of episode. It's great. Great ending. Yeah. It's um. So, you know what I like about this episode? We've talked about this before, and I'm just going to dive right into my final thoughts. I really enjoy the fact that we don't know. Correct. I like when the X Files manages to do this. We don't know with Luther Lee Boggs. We didn't really know. Right. Right. We only know that that guy is a monster. Killed lots of people. He got his comeuppance in the end. And and Mulder isn't sure if this person's responsible for Samantha's death or not. We don't know. We know now, unfortunately. Yeah. We know it's not. But at the time, we didn't know. If you're if you're watching, I probably shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> spoiler alert. See, but we don't. Uh, maybe I'll edit that out. Actually, it's been twenty years, fuckers. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. So we know we, you don't. You don't know, and that's the hard part about this. But you end up knowing that it that he's not the guy. No. But the details mean that it is an X file in the end. Yep. Once you know later and later on in the in the mythology, it isn't her. But at the time, it's like fuck. Yeah. And I'm sorry. No, I just, I really like that about this. So the second thing I like a lot about this is, is that I'm a, I would like to give Scully a, kind of like a, the little overachiever award in this one because Noonan in Duchovny, this is their episode, but she has these great moments of utter disgust when dealing with him that are brilliant. It's like a best supporting actress nod right here. It's, it's, it's excellent because if you go back to beyond the sea, she's the compromised one. Yes. Right. So we get to see the other side of her in dealing with this kind of situation like this. Um, Luther Lee box has details about dad, right? About, yeah, did you talk to my dad? She's so desperate for that. Yeah. And in this, 
she's she's not only hates this guy for obvious reasons, but Mulder's part of it too, and she's protecting him. I like to see them protecting each other as much as they can. I really like that, but not letting him off the hook and not saying, what are you doing? Stop. Why did you come in here like this? So that's kind of like the underpinning of this episode that I really liked. You can't say enough about Noonan's performance, his, as you put it, casual psychopathy. I can't, I can't, I keep forgetting what you said, but it's something like that. Right. Um, and that's, that's great shit, man. And, and you know, if I could change one thing, the trigger, the trigger, (laughs) I mean, I liked it. He still shot him, but it would have been, you would have been like, damn, that's dark. Yeah. So yeah. What do you got? Um, not a lot to add. I mean, I think we, we hit it all, uh, the performances, the, 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 I, I really dig the play on the mythology, but it really ultimately being a standalone story. You know, I, yep. the Mo- monster clever. of the week are always my favorite, but raising the stakes by tying it into such a, such a weighty plot issue in the show. Um, this would have been a great episode no matter what, but because of the significance of that, like, I, I don't think you can state it too much that how much that raises the stakes for the audience, for everybody. Sure. Like, um, because it, it helps to get you up to the level of how much Mulder stakes are raised. You know, to ha- the level that this is, this this would be a huge revelation in the show. This would be the most significant revelation in Mulder's life. So it helps to bring the audience to that level of, mm-hmm. holy shit. Um, and that, yeah, that's about it. That that horror of of what, what a non supernatural thing, you know, just, just yep. this guy. Yeah. There's this, there's this dream thing that Mulder kind of talks about. Maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not, but just the, the, the nightmare that can exist in human form. Sure. Um, is, is so frightening. Expertly paced. Yep. X files is good at pacing. Yeah. They have that down to a fucking science. They They're nailed. really, really good at that with this. Good stuff, man. So good pick, Mr. Uh, Bruins. I really liked Paper Hearts and uh, it was good shit. I love, I'm always down with some serial killer action. It's always a good story. Hooray. Mm. Well, we'll catch you guys uh, next time. And uh, that is all. Mulder shot first. Hey everybody, this is Dean with LSG Media, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the X-Files podcast. Be sure to check us out on LibertyStreetGeek.net to see what other shows we have going, like the Science Fiction Film Podcast, The Walking Dead Podcast, The Game of Thrones Podcast, Podcast for Days. Get over to LibertyStreetGeek.net and check us out. Thanks. Bye.